Hi, I'm Stephen Crafty. I'm here at RMIT University in Melbourne, and I'm here with two very talented uh, fashion designers, brothers, who have an incredible pedigree and also have done amazing things uh, overseas. Unfortunately, I the only sad part to this story is they should be household names in Australia, but it's typical of the Australian media. We tend to um, ignore our brightest. But anyway, welcome to the show, Tim and Alex. It's uh, Tim and Alex Britton Finchie. Thank you. Thanks. You'll probably cringe, but I have to um, say um, your father, um, Wayne Finchie, is a designer, and your mother is Linda Britton, who people may know or should know for her, um, her gowns. So they're for the label from Britain. That's it. <laughs> very, very quirky. Um, welcome to the show. Um, interesting, your background. You both never really trained in fashion. You've dabbled in things, but obviously growing up in a household like Wayne yeah. and Linda's, surrounded by fabric, must have been... Well... Had some I, impact. I guess... Um, they say we've learnt by osmosis. Yeah. Whatever uh, that is. <laughs> osmosis. I guess yeah, it was kind of those natural those things being surrounded by yeah, we're growing up in the workroom and that was the playground who we were kids after school would be at the office, we'd be at the playground, we'd be in the studio, you know. Yeah. Um dad's idea of babysitting was taking us to construction sites. Um <laughs> and we'd be, you know, just around the chaos of that. And that that was normal. That that's just our childhood growing up. And I think uh, a lot of people when it comes to being in fashion now, often there's this, um, everyone views it as this, the glamour side of fashion, like that is how everyone sees it, because that's the idea, that is the romance of fashion, is the it's, imagery. But it's and, hard uh, work. Very hard work, um, which is not a shock to us, because it was kind of, that's the only side we saw when we grew up, so... You kind of knew what you were getting Kinda. yourself into. I mean, you never really know what you're getting yourself into with fashion, <laughs> but yeah, to an extent, it was um, the glamour side was almost the the thing that was different for yeah. us because we'd always just see the back end. Um, Tim, you worked in graphics for a while, just a little bit at RMIT, just a dabble at RMIT, <laughs> and um, Alex, you did photography. I did. I was trying to find a way out of fashion because I've been surrounded by it our whole lives. It was always I always wanted to be a designer. I knew that, but um, didn't really know which area was going to happen. But so I did do photography, and that then you did some interior design. I did interior design as well, but I always did fashion whilst I was doing these things. So we kind of we um, started young. We had a uniform company we designed we still actually do. which we still do uh which is this is why you were still studying at various things this was yeah, 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 yeah. Kind so of i was, was studying part-time and working pretty much all the time yeah um and f we i mean the label from britain back in those days was more just like a project in between whatever we were deciding to do um and it gave us the platform to launch a uniform business which was essentially the a mixture of the two mum and dad's businesses uh -huh. together joining forces into the middle and supplying like uniforms that weren't uniforms for hospitality and so, retail and so, that sort of thing. Um Tim when did you or Alex when did you actually feel that you had something when was do you think from Britain was actually something that you said oh no I've really got something well, here I think, 
I think it never really left us. Like, I think everything we were doing, whether it was the graphics or the photography or whatever, it was always coming back to fashion. And fashion, we realised, was always the point in the middle of all these different facets, I guess, where it's design or it's, you know, it's function or it's photography comes back to fashion. It all kind of starts there. And really, what we would that was what we always wanted to do. We just didn't realise it at the time. Mm, Creating a, yeah. a business of sorts. But how do you how do you put a collection together? I mean, when when was from Britain actually founded? Okay, yeah, so that was about two thousand and ten. Was the year mm. just end of two thousand and nine um, was when we decided we actually designed a full collection and showed it at um, L'Oreal Melbourne Fashion Festival. That's when it was. Yeah. Now it's the Virgin Australia. And you won. Festival. Well, that came a bit a few years later. So, from 2010 was that winter collection, and then that was the first like solid collection. Up until that point, we'd been, you know, we because we knew that's what we wanted to do. We learned as much as we could with Mum and the company there, and then we kind of went out to the makers and we learned stuff with with them, with the tailors, with mm. the shirt makers, and, with the pan makers, and just learned as much as we could with the with the actual companies. Mm. And because we could, because we were doing the uniforms and designing them, we were learning on the job, doing that, mm. which allowed us to do production and, you know, big quantities, and then we could Again, do things yeah, on the side. At the made them and, happy to uh, do the experimental stuff with us because they were getting the big units <laughs> at the time, so that was a... Uh, it seemed to work out in our favour. And and then you won L'Oreal Young Designer a yeah, couple was, of years later. Yeah, well, yeah. I think we were, we were finalists in 2011 for that, um, didn't win. And then we did uh, we did our first show in Sydney. We showed our first collection in Sydney in 2012. And then the end of that year, no, it was 2013, the start of the year, we won the, wow. the National Designer Award and then followed up with a solo show which was the collection we were just having a quick look at before. Um, and that kind of put us on the map a bit. So it's predominantly, well, it is only menswear. Yeah. Why menswear? Is it something that you felt was lacking in Australia or just something you felt an affinity with? I think, um, yeah. Naturally both, really. I mean, you know, menswear was kind of, we know, we design, we know kind of what we always wanted to essentially kind of wear. And you could see a lack of... Of interesting men's who are out there well, from the start, but it's just such an interesting more... area I find, just because there's not a lot of people doing it. Yeah. Everyone tends to just go to women's wear. That's when you think of fashion design, think yeah. of women's wear. But men's wear, there's a lot of challenges involved with it, and I think partly why we, I mean, all design is challenge and compromise, and I think that's our approach with it. And men's wear is just like. <laughs> Really, the foundation of that, isn't it? Mm, I guess so. And it also, it was, it was, it was questionable that we would go into women's wear at one stage because of the temptations there, yeah. because there's so many other avenues to, I guess, essentially push you through. Which you feel it's better. A lot to, more people behind. The you idea. feel it's better to concentrate on men's wear. Absolutely. Yeah. The um, how would you describe your look for people who don't know? the From Britain look, because it isn't available in Australia, so unfortunately I can't direct people anywhere here. You'll have to go overseas to some of the best stores in Europe and in Japan and China to actually see the work. But how do you describe... How would you describe your work? Uh, Alex? <laughs> you said it was... Aesthetically, yeah. it's, it's quite minimal. It appears to be quite minimal. But then within this minimal design, there's a lot of detailed design. So we have a lot of functional aspects like the pockets that don't lose 
change. So you can, you know, sit down and nothing falls out of them. And then we've got lining and jackets that are, um, that are heat insulating so that the jackets are still lightweight, but they're just as warm mm -hmm. as a full heavy coat. And the, yeah, I mean, first from, we kind of, we draw on a lot of historical menswear as reference points. So when there is tailoring in it that we're all familiar with. I mean, it looks essentially quite familiar when you break it down, there's, you know, jumpers and pullovers yeah. and all that sort of thing. But it's just, it's the use of fabrication, which is where it changes a lot, like the use of suiting in tops rather than jackets and, mm -hmm. and vice versa. So a casual t-shirt could be made out of something quite sophisticated. Completely, yeah. completely. Yeah, there's a real sort of precision to the fabrication and the design that runs through it when you see it up close. Do you, how do you tend to work as a team? Do you... Alex and I mean, do you kind of is one stronger in one area? I mean, is one stronger in kind of fabrication? The other is in kind of more in. in <laughs> how does it work? Or do you kind of reject each? You know, is it a matter of <laughs> how does it work? Well, it's taken a long time for us to figure out how it does work. It kind of just because everyone keeps asking us how does it work, but I think growing up together, you just don't really think about it. You know, hmm. it's worked the way it's always worked. Uh, you fight until you get your way. <laughs> not so really, not really. do you kind of um, present the pieces and then attack? You know, be uh, a critic to each other. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, there's always bouncing of ideas. Always at any time of the day. You know, any situation. It's not just like we'll sit down and. I mean, we do do that, but it's an evolving process. It's like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And we probably spend most of mm. our think, spare time yeah. together as well. So it's kind of. I think very simply, if you had to figure it out, I think. I probably do the more overall, like the colour, the look, the whatever, whatever, and then Tim does the detail. Oh. So mm. he's micro and I'm... So it's almost like... That's something we've worked out. So it's almost like architect and interior designer. Kind of, maybe, yeah. 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 Interesting way to put it. Yeah. 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 The, it's, it is interesting, you, you now, uh, you're picked up by a, a Paris-based company. Yeah, so we have a um, PR agent in Paris. They cover our PR for Europe and, well, globally, actually. Um, you can mention their names. It's okay. Totem, Totem Fashion. So they're a very established PR agency. They've mm. brought quite, up quite a renowned. lot of... Yeah. Quite renowned. They are, I think, particularly famous for discovering Raph Simmons oh. back in the day. So, so that's pretty good yeah, pedigree. It's it not yeah. bad, not bad. And do they actually... Does um, Totem actually uh, distribute your things as well, or... No, so, got, no, so they're purely PR-based. Mm. So they're based in Paris and London. And then we have a, a sales agent who are based in Milan and Paris as well, I guess. They come and do sales there. And so they do sales globally for us mm. now. You were mentioning, um, Alex, that uh, you're... The, the type of work that you're doing is kind of... It's not streetwear, it's above streetwear... It's not quite formal. It's mm. kind of in that middle zone. It's, and where you were yeah. quite of... Uh, people, before you started going to Europe, people said, oh, look, just supply them with the cheaper end. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the challenges of uh, selling domestically, that um, because of uh, whatever reasons, the the stores here were buying quite conservatively. But um, we're finding what we're selling overseas to be the most extreme, mm. <laughs> most expensive... Um, well, everything, the best, yeah, exactly, the most high price point items that we have to offer are the ones because they, they've got a lot more design in them. They've, it's actually the basic things that 
the, the ones that struggle because there is so many brands. Well, as soon as you hit an international market, the stuff they're looking for is the freshness and the newness. They're not mm. looking for another T-shirt. They're looking for something you know, a bit more thoughtful. Yeah, and that's like a redesign. Yeah, just the ultimate expressions of, of what the brand is about, really. Mm. Because, you know, there's big companies that are doing T-shirts or just a plain this yeah. or a plain that. And I suppose your, your label from Britain is sitting next to the world's best and their price points are a lot higher. Or pretty high, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was saying before, though, that, that we don't choose these price points. They kind of are a result of, you know, Try manufacturing it, yeah. here using the best quality yeah. fabrics, you know, finishes. They're not made-up prices. How do you... The other problem with working from here, and it's, it's a constant problem with any design, but particularly in fashion, how do you keep up? I mean, you already must be working on 2015. Yeah. Summer. Um, yeah. well, Summer. I, I how do you kind of how do you so kind of put your head into that space? Um, well, I mean, it's not uh, we're not keeping up with anyone. They think the people are coming to us because we're doing what we feel is right. So we're not trying to emulate what someone else yeah. is doing. We're not, you know, we we can see where the trends are, but that doesn't affect us so much because essentially we're trying to set trends ourselves. Not <laughs> yeah, yes, no, because like no. we're at the further we're working as far forward as you know you can. So. Anyway, but um, but designing winter, no, we're designing summer. This is really confusing. We're designing summer for Europe, two thousand and fifteen now. So that means two thousand and sixteen for us. Um, this would well, be. It'd be delivery into Europe at the end of the year. Right. I think. Yeah. So really, our mindset, as long as we're staying summer, it's easier to like, whilst mm. now's a good time to design because it's hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. can think exactly. about it. It does help. <laughs> what, are the, what are the other challenges of, of uh, working from so far away? Or you don't think it, there are? Oh, no, there definitely no, are. Like, what are they, some of them? I mean, we're not on the ground over there, so it's hard to... You know, there's just the little things like networking and being around at the parties mm. and just meeting people and whatever. That actually goes a long way. Um, and we're not usually there, so we go over as much as we can. But like, you know, when you're in the town at this stage, (laughs) I mean, it's. it's, And why? uh, The other thing is, why haven't Australian retailers really picked you up in the way that you should be picked up? I'm thinking department stores as well as boutiques, because there is seems to me a a bit of a problem at the moment when you go into a department store. There's not very much that really excites you. It all looks pretty bland. And even the overseas stuff now is looking pretty bland and it just looks generic. Why are department stores not looking at people like you? I can't understand uh, why. Well, well, I'm not sure their reasons. I don't know. Have you tried or do you like they buy? <laughs> we haven't really well, yeah, pushed no. hard on them. Not because... on department stores. We actually haven't. That wasn't part of our um, strategy to sell them just yet because yeah. we know what's involved in actually selling to department stores internally and what you have to sort of commit to. There are a to. lot of challenges so, for a small label um, to do something like yeah. that. I think what what's easy to do is also to try and rush into all those things. And we're pretty, or we've learnt, you know, do it in slowly. the past. That, yeah, that, that slowly can really make a difference. Um, as much as it's the temptation is to try and get as many places as you can at the same time, you've got to think about how you're actually going to produce these things. Because yeah. you produce everything locally. Yeah, yeah, we locally. But just the, the you don't... To to produce a collection, you don't see the money for it until about a year later. Uh-huh. So you're really looking at like long term investment. So you've got to make sure you're doing it right, yeah. and making sure you nail it. So what? I mean, look, everyone's had horror stories in the fashion industry. 
I think it's, you, you know, I don't think you'd be a fashion designer if you didn't. Um, what was one of the worst things that happened in the <laughs> beginning when you were starting? Um, we had another label earlier on, which we were running kind of out of the facility of our um, uniform manufacturing. This is an offshore label, like it was all manufactured mm-hmm. offshore. And... Um, it was going well. We had, we you had, know, about, had a lot of accounts. We had about and, 40 stockers nationally. And we had a store. In our, sec- in our second season, yeah. We um, had a store in Chapel Street <laughs> and a store in the city. And we had a system where, you know, we would design stuff and they would develop and produce it. Anyway. Um, you don't have to mention names. We won't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, one season... It just failed. They failed oh, to deliver it. Yeah, it comes <laughs> to delivery day. They're like, it's all good, it's all good, until it's like, so, where's the stuff? And they're like, oh, we haven't started producing yet. We've been on strike. We've had this. Oh, we've had a religious holiday. We've had another um, holiday. We've had this, this, and that. How do you deal with so it? So that was it. That was that was the Well, we couldn't deal with it, yeah. could we? So we it's like, well, we had 40, you know, stores just waiting for stuff, and boom. That can kill, that can kill a business. It did. It's gone. It's yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it did. But we were, like, it was a good lesson. You know, we were, that was our... What, relying too heavily on one manufacturer? That was all, that's one lesson. Um, it's just, I guess it's management control. Uh, you just, I mean, yeah. You yeah. weren't actually going over there and, and seeing things. No, we, don't, we had someone here who was doing it for us, but there was still a massive communication breakdown. So there were a lot of things why it went down, but, um, you know, now we're wary of those. <laughs> The other thing, um, Alex, your work is quite complicated, even though it, it appears quite simple. It mm. must be quite frustrating explaining to people here that, you know, no, that's intentionally designed to have whatever it is, even though they read it as a, perhaps a mistake or an error on your part. You're looking at quite adventurous work. How does that... Do, have you kind of... Do you have to stand over them and, and, and stand over people and say, look, this is the way... Well, I mean, sometimes, but most cases, the people making the clothes are the experts at making the clothes, and they will tell us there's a better way of doing it, and right. you know that that therefore would be a better, better design piece in that case. If we're designing something that they can't make, it's not well designed, you know. So um, we've been another part of what we've been doing is developing um, elements of clothing. We're calling the modular pieces that we can use across different clothing. So that way it's streamlining our manufacturing, which is also part of the challenge of manufacturing here, is that, mm. you know, there are compromises. People can't do certain things here that they can do overseas and, you know, quantities this and quantities that. It's always the sort of thing. So it's all about de- breaking the garment down and designing each element of it mm. to be manufactured, using it across as many pieces as possible, best quality, you mm. know. So mm. the design is not just overall, but also the detail is... Is the actual piece? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's like the components. Yeah, and that's where we, so, we can we can we can do things like create pockets that don't that catch coins, and we can create certain elements that are engineered as such, yeah. more than just being like, oh, how do we you know put you know, like a waistband on a pant? It's like, well, mm. and know, so we work closely have... with the makers, and they advise us. This is the best way to do it because yeah. we don't know that you know, and yeah. this is this is the best way to knit this thing or do this and that. So we we say we want this, and then we just kind of find the right ground, and it's always a good result when you just do collaborate uh, with everybody. You do uh, you get any hard word from your from Linda <laughs> saying you know what are you doing in fashion? No, no, uh, no. I wish she did. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably, she's very. They probably wouldn't very, be doing it if she wasn't so encouraging. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, they're very encouraging. Yeah, she's, uh, well, she li- she lives and breathes fashion. I mean, she she loves it. She loves being involved yeah. in, you know, seeing the brand grow and all that sort of stuff. And so, where do you see yourselves in the next few years? What what do you try? What where do you want to go to? Um, well, our growth strategy is definitely we're trying to expand um, into definitely into the Asian market as well as Europe. Um, at the moment, because it's our first season selling in Europe, we're trying to establish our ground and see where we actually the response is um, the greatest for which yeah. particular market. And where are you sensing it at this stage? At this stage, we don't we don't, don't know. know. Oh, I, I think it's, a, it's an even mix between Asia and Europe. Yeah, but well, I mean the 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 big money's in Asia. Everybody knows that. But you need Europe to for the the prestige, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, the, what will probably happen is, you know, once you establish yourself in Europe, Asia, then Australian retailers will probably catch on. Oh, they will. You know, the, I that's mean, what there's tends a handful to happen. Here. There's a handful of really good stores here that we'd love to be in, and we will hopefully yeah. be in. But, um, but the priority, which has been for the last, you know, while we've been developing the brand, is establishing the brand. Mm. So not we don't need to sell to, you know... Thousands of thousands yeah. of stores, every department. So we don't need to do that, even though the money's probably great. That's not what the brand's about. Like we were saying, we're here for the long run, and the brand is about, you know, function, quality, fashion. And people who understand fashion, people who appreciate it. I mean, probably your market. You were saying probably about twenty-five to forty-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How have you seen? I mean, have you seen? Because I think there's been a lot of publicity in recent time that men's fashion is becoming very strong, mm. and there's a lot more development in the men's fashion area than in women's, and you know, there's almost an untapped market. How do you see it? Well, I think um, it's seeing the, the, a lot of awareness. There's a lot more awareness yeah. in men's wear, in men's fashion, um, and and more discussion which, about it. But there's always been. Like fashion in menswear, it's not a new thing. Like yeah. this, historically, it's just been a different approach. You know, it's always been about um, tailoring and and. But it's also about mood. It was interesting looking at some of your work. There was one collection you did last year, which was aimed at the um, guy who's just left school. Yeah. He's kind of he's a bit <laughs> insecure about the future. He doesn't know where he's headed, and he's kind of the models kind of. You know, looking down at his shoes. He's a bit, awkward, a it's bit kind of, of awkwardness. There's a little bit of a. There's a bravado and a new confidence to it as well. As That's well, the yeah. thing. There's like that age where you. <laughs> You're kind of discovering well, fashion? Like, um, well, I guess, yeah. It's, it's just that, like, you know, when they've just, they've just got that confidence to. to put anything together. The infi- really. Invincibility. <laughs> That's it. That, yeah. yeah. Invincible. Yeah. yeah. And so we're not targeting that age yeah. group specifically, yeah. but we're that just, just loosely, yeah, but loosely referencing that young confidence that you have, and it's kind of funny because you look back at it and you're like, oh, what? but like there's a, you know, there's a there's a beauty to it as well, mm. like being able to have put things together like that that you just don't do when you're older because you. Do you um, do you ever rest, or is it just one of those industries that you just have to <laughs> keep producing? Yeah. I mean, do you actually just consciously switch off after a, a collection and go, look, we need a month off to chill out and really take stock of what we're doing? Or do you just keep bit. going? I mean, how does... Because it is relentless. It actually, it's, it's well, like a lifestyle. It actually is. I mean, you know, it's just... We don't... There are times when we feel like we're definitely working. 
most of the time it doesn't feel like we're working, but we're always doing something, you know? So I guess it, there might be like a day or two where you're just like, I need to just walk away from this and, and calm down. But mostly it's just like any other day, you just do it. And, and... Are there any days that you kind of think enough? <laughs> Just, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, always. <laughs> you do. But then you, you just really need to have those hugely stressful periods where you're trying to just get everything out overseas before it's, you know, before it's too late, deadline, deadline, and then... The you thing were, about yeah. stopping, though, is that you lose that momentum. I And agree. that's the kind of thing in fashion, you have to keep momentum because it doesn't stop. Nothing no, stops, and... It's the fast money, you know, it's a, such a fast-moving industry. It is a fast-moving, and it's also, it isn't the type of thing, from my experience, that you can actually drop out of for decades and then come back. And mm. it is it is quite difficult to get going again, mm. because mm. fashion's changed, you've changed, and it just doesn't work that way. So it is it's quite... The other thing you were mentioning before, which I thought was quite interesting, you were talking about the Japanese and how they inspect... Mm. Um, clothing when it arrives that they it goes through an x-ray machine and yeah. if, if any seam <laughs> or anything isn't quite perfect then it's there are alarm yeah. bells yeah I guess that's one of the challenges of thinking about moving and looking taking your business overseas is having to deal with strict Precision. quality control yeah and you really have to step up what you are used to doing making in you know in a local market so um yeah, I mean, which, which is why I come back to what we were saying before, just like really honing in on the elements of the garment, you know. Yeah. So we're not reinventing every garment, every collection. We're actually evolving it and improving it, improving yeah. it. But you know, outwardly it looks different because you change the color and you change yeah. this and that. But the the key fundamentals and I guess like the skeleton of the well, the construction of the thing is consistently evolved, evolved, you know, yeah. improving, improving. Look, thanks so much for coming in today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I wish everyone would hear about you because I think <laughs> you're a big story. At least I think you're a big story. And I think it's uh, Australian retailers really should get their act together. <laughs> and um, if any of them are listening, um, please contact from Britain. I think it's unfair that as uh, living in Melbourne that I can't actually see the garments in the store. And I think that's my disappointment that I have to look at images of where they're headed overseas but you know that's what happens in australia a lot of our best talent just goes overseas and um and then we realize later on that we've missed something quite special but thanks for coming on today thanks for Thank having you. us Thank you've you. been listening to um stephen crafty talking design at rmit university in melbourne thanks so much for listening <laughs>